We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Time now for the WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. That's right. This is the WEI producer show. Sorry, I'm waiting to see the number one play here in Sports Center top ten. Ooh, I think they call that a, a nutmeg. Is that where you put the ball between the, the both legs? Sure. It's I think, it's called, I think it's called a nutmeg. You're the wrong person. Soccer talk here at 801 on the WEI producer show. A uh, quick personal rant here. What the hell was that last thirty minutes on WEI? So I get like we we play PSAs. Let's actually do that at like three thirty in the morning when no one's listening. Not at 7 a.m., please. Not when it's a lead-up to this show, which, by the way, this is the WEI producer show, and there's one producer in this studio right now. Of course, I have Nick LePan, who's actually producing the producer show. Uh, so no Ryan Garvin, no Chris Scheim, uh, no John Anderson, who actually told me last night about uh, 13 hours ago topics that we should be discussing on the show. But I do want to kind of get back to what I was just discussing, because this station has obviously been formatted as a sports talker. Very successful for 30 years. Uh, there was a time there on the station where we did talk politics, and we try not to anymore. We talk sports. Stick to sports, as, as uh, people call in and say, or on the text line 37937. So why are we airing 31 straight minutes of politics about the Republican nomination? Politics, politics. Thank you, Christian Fourier. Because I feel like a Christian Fourier-led politics segment might be better than what I just heard. And I, I love my job here, but the fact that we're airing that in the last 30 minutes, which I can tell you nobody listening to this station wants to hear politics talk, let alone talk about the Republican nomination and who's going to beat Donald Trump. Did you, you want to know who they hear, want to hear politics talk from? We have people far to the left. We have people far to the right. And where most of the people cling is in the middle. Yes. That is actually a factual statement, Glenn. Thank you very much for explaining how the uh, the American population aligns with their politics. So it makes I, I, that really bothered me listening here for the last 10 minutes. And, and I don't even know who hosts that show. I'm sure it's a really nice guy. It just makes no sense that we decide to air that coming into the WEI producer show where I want to talk about the, the Patriots preseason disaster last night. Politics, politics, politics. And I have to hear politics talk specifically about who is going to face Donald Trump and whether Joe Biden's going to be running 
in 2024. Like, can we not do that? Can we talk about actual things that are, are relevant? And if we're going to air a PSA segment for an hour leading into the WEI producer show, let's make it about important things like a blood drive coming up at Fenway, which everybody uh, in this area should be considering about, you know, that's that's the Jimmy funds over it's three and a half million dollars. Great, great cause. That's money that came out of your pocket. Thank you very much for the Boston area. Uh, Red Sox fans for donating uh, for that for the two day Jimmy fund. That's great. It costs no money to donate blood. That is stuff we should be promoting. I do not know what we just did for the last what 10. I was listening for 10 minutes. and I heard nothing but Republican nomination talk. So I, I just cannot believe what I, what I heard. Um, hopefully, maybe Ken and Curtis, if you're listening to do, to us right now, you're obviously coming up here at 9 o'clock. You're probably driving into Fenway Park to the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studios. Give the WEI producer show a second hour rather than air what we just ran because I have no idea what the hell that was just about. Um, so also, I don't know what the hell this is about. Why I'm in the studio alone? Uh, let's let's go to uh, the Harbor One Hotline and um, here, Nick Lapan. Let's give a call to our friend uh, Sully in Hyde Park. Can we give him a quick dial out? All right, let's call our friend Sully in Hyde Park, who is my friend John Anderson, who was texting me topics last night at six thirty about things we were talking about here on the producer show. Which, by the way, is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Download the app, join my McDonald's rewards, and start earning points for good for free food every time you order. Excludes delivery. Download and registration is required. And uh, by the way, I actually use the McDonald's app. Love it on Saturday mornings because I drive in, get that $1 McGriddle, bacon, egg, and cheese. It's the best breakfast sandwich in the market right now, so love that. Uh, so we're going to give a call to my friend John see what the hell he's doing. He's probably drunk. That's probably why he's not here. He's probably had a couple last night and maybe slept through the alarm a couple times. So we'll say hello to John here in a second. But the Patriots preseason finale last night, they need that fourth preseason game. And I know you don't normally play your starters in that fourth preseason game. You try and kind of hammer out those last roster spots. This Patriots offense, as raw and new as it is, needs every rep it could possibly get live joint practices against themselves they need to hammer out all these mistakes as fast as possible i have no i have no idea what uh how bill belichick and mac jones and i get it's mac jones he's just he's following the orders that's given to him by the trio of belichick judge and patricia but i i don't care that that Matt, uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are grinders, that they're there till 2.30 or 3 in the morning, which, by the way, that kind of pisses me off as like a sports fan and someone who like loves watching football and basketball and, of course, baseball, too. There is nothing about sports that should have coaches in an office till 3 or 4 a.m. and sleeping in the office and then waking up at 8 a.m. to break down more film if you have to break down 12 plus hours of film of your sport each day to create a game plan you're probably taking it a little bit too seriously a little bit too seriously uh nick lapin did we get a no answer there from uh from selling hyde park john anderson we got his voicemail and he even sounds hungover and or sleepy in his voicemail so it could have been john for all i know interesting so we'll give him a call we'll, we'll try him again here in a half hour give him some more uh, time to uh, continue his beauty sleep um, yeah, so the Patriots' disaster last night in the preseason finale. If you thought the results didn't matter and you're trusting the process, I, I get for maybe the first week or two, that's what you're doing. And by the way, this is the WEI producer show, Tyler Devitt, solo. 
Uh, we're here until 9 o'clock. I am here until 9 o'clock, taking your calls at 617-779-7937 or the text line, which is blowing up about the the rant I had about the opening um, politics talk for the, the 20 minutes leading into this show. I'll, I'll get to that here in a second. So Mac Jones and the Patriots starters through six drives, three and out, three and out, touchdown, three and out, interception, three and out. The pick last night he threw to some guy I've never heard of. It was not Luke Keekly. It was not Paul Pazlozny dropping in zone. It was not any of those things. It was Mac Jones looking a little scared. Mac Jones looked a little bit scared last night. And it's something we really did not see in his rookie season at all. We didn't really see a whole lot of red flags with him. There weren't a whole lot of, uh, I'll use this name a lot when I see red flags because he defines red flags in terms of quarterbacking professional football, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles had some, he, he has a very impressive highlight reel. The lows for Blake Bortles are the reason he's no longer an NFL quarterback. And there were some things I saw last night from Mac Jones in terms of, like, in terms of his skittishness. He, Mac Jones does not trust his offensive line. And this is supposed to be an offensive line, which I read a story two months ago from PFF, which ranked the Patriots offensive line at number seven. Seeing ghosts. He was seeing ghosts last night because he threw into not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six Oakland slash Los Angeles slash Las Vegas Raiders. Six Raiders uh, players were in coverage with almost no other Patriots player on the screen. Nickel Pan, was that one of the worst uh, interceptions you've ever seen. Could you make any sort of sense of what Mac Jones truly saw in that play? Yeah, he saw the back of Isaiah win because uh, they broke it Large down. Large man. They, they, broke it, they broke it down after, and I don't know why he's been rolling everything out of the pocket when he should you know, step up into the pocket, but he was the linebacker was literally blocked by Wynn blocking his guy outside the tackle box. Which makes sense because Wynn's a large man. And I, I don't want to get too deep into the offensive line talk because I'm no expert on offensive line talk, and I know the audience believes that's truly boring, and I agree with you. Why did we flip-flop the tackles? Why don't we have the largest man I've ever seen in my life on a football field block, blocking the blind side for Mac Jones and Trent Brown? Because as one host formerly said on this station, famously said, Trent Brown big. Trent Brown big. He's very large. So have him be the largest person on the field blocking the blind side of Mac Jones. Move Isaiah Wynn to right tackle. You've already got two new guards on the side of, uh, with Cole Strange and Mike Nwenu on the sides of, of David Andrews. So the guards are now different. From, essentially, you have four new offensive linemen. And the, the names are familiar, but they're all in new spots with David Andrews being the constant in the center. So there's going to be some kinks to be worked out here for the Patriots offensive line. But Mac Jones, whew, I, I, I fear for him, man. I really do. And I, I, I don't think he's going to take this massive year two step back. He's supposed to take a year two step forward. I, I just don't see where we're taking this massive um, jump to where he's carrying the team to a playoff berth, to 10 wins, to nine wins. I think this is going to be a lock season, Nick LePan, for an under- Eight and a half wins. Uh, sports betting, obviously here in the state, you will not be able to get that bet in before the season. So drive up to New Hampshire or drive down to Connecticut or or uh, or Rhode Island and place that bet because the Patriots are a full-blown disaster right now in offense. The defense could probably hold their own and win them six games. A lock right now is under the eight and a half, and it all stems from the disaster of the offense led by Matt Patricia, who is doing not one but two jobs. He's the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator de facto. 
And this is going to be such a disaster, I believe personally, and my name's Tyler Devitt, if you don't know me, call me and discuss this with me at 617-779-7937. This is going to be such a disaster that I believe that the reason there is no offensive coordinator by label is because Bill Belichick wants the wiggle room to step in in week six or seven and take over the offense without firing anyone. He loves Matt Patricia. He loves Joe Judge. Not enough to give either the title because they're not really deserving of it. And the results won't allow them to get that title because they're both not good enough. And also, Matt Patricia is doing two jobs that he's never done before at the same exact time. Did you see that Billy Yates wasn't even on the sideline last night? So at one point, Mac had to walk over to the offensive line to talk to Matt Patricia? I hate that he has to split his time. That that's the, that's a major problem. I, I get like as the quarterbacks coach, Joe Judge, singular job focusing on one person, and the offensive unit is obviously about all of the players on the field. It's not just about the quarterback. So uh, Patricia has to be involved with his offensive line. But to a, to a point here, um, Matt Patricia cannot be having his time split on the field by having to meet with his offensive line and then go meet with his quarterback. And then if he's seeing something wrong with his offensive, you know, skill guys as a Devontae Parker, which, by the way, the offensive pass interference on Devontae Parker last night, Julian Edelman might not have a a catch in his whole career. If that's offensive pass interference, which negated the touchdown by Devontae Parker. Hello, Sally and Hyde Park. How are you, buddy? Uh, Hello, Tyler. Hello, Nick. Hello, uh, John. John Anderson. Uh, I don't joins know if us. I ever told you guys this, but on Saturday mornings, I actually go to an orphanage and I read aloud to them for a couple hours in the morning. So you serve them porridge I was, as well. I was running a bit late because of that. You serve them porridge as well. You get that, get that, yeah. that nice and stewing early in the morning. Please, sir, may I have another? Well, you were such a great person for for doing that this morning and then joining us here on the WEI producer show. So, uh, Mac I, Jones threw an interception, guys. He did. So, I don't know if you actually heard. Should how... We, do we get Shime on the line? Do you want Shime on the line? No, we don't. No, want, I don't want Shime. Shime's probably I'm snoozing. Kidding. So, uh, to recap, since you're just now joining us, uh, it is eight twelve here on the producer show. I started the first three minutes like ranting on the station because they were airing like twenty minutes of like Republican politics talk about who is Uh-oh. who Hold is on. going to yeah who is going to and then I, I try to give you a call because you weren't here yet and then now we're here with me ranting about the Patriots disaster of last night and I believe John I don't know if you heard this I believe that Bill Belichick will have to step in by like week six or seven because it is such a disaster take over the play callings yes I just, I just don't think that this current like power structure with judge Patricia and Belichick kind of like Reweighing this offensive play calling stuff is it's just not going to work. It's got to be simplified. I think that Bill Belichick will step in because what I saw last night was like I don't know if you can recover in two weeks and go down to Miami and beat them like that. I think they're going to lose pretty handily in Week One at Miami. Do you buy into the uh, September is an extension of the preseason thing for the Patriots, or has that has that ship sailed? Is that are those days over? The people that are ignoring the results of the preseason are the ones that are like, oh well, you know, I, the the negative Patriots media just wants to fire Bill Belichick, and they they just want to drive players out. They're they're people who are ignoring truly alarming results on the field that we're seeing in, in practices here in Foxborough, uh, in Vegas, and joint practices against the the, uh, the Giants. In Bill We Trust, there's stuff that you can say in Bill We Trust, but there's stuff on the field with the actual players. And my thing is is Mac is now looking skittish. He looks, he looks afraid behind the offensive line. If you're screwing up year twos, it's supposed to be a year two jump of Mac Jones, and now he's taking a step backwards. 
I we're, mean, we're in it for a major issue this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. The absolute worst case scenario is uh, whatever this new offense you want. People call it the Shanahan offense. You want to call it that, whatever, or whatever this new offense is they're trying to do. Worst case scenario is they have not gotten much done in the preseason because whether it's the O line, whether it's other players, whether it's both who are just not taking to it. Uh, there appears to be an issue, and uh, through three Many. preseason through three uh, three preseason games, uh, apparently that is going to be a problem week one as well. And so I bring up the whole extension of the preseason thing. That that was a thing in years past. It was even a thing with Cam. I don't. Uh, it was kind of a thing last year. You can't afford to do that now. I don't. I don't know if. I mean, maybe against uh, what do they got? They got Jets, Dolphins, and and Ravens the first three weeks. Ooh. I don't know. Those games might end up. The defense might be might be fine enough that you come away from those games two and one. Do you even feel comfortable now, like penciling in? Obviously, when you see the Jets, you obviously pencil in two and zero. You've done it for the past twenty years. Do you still do that now? I mean, the Jets with Joe Flacco, yes. Although Joe Flacco kind of had the Patriots number for a while yeah. there. So. I mean, is he really that much worse than, than Zach Wilson? Like, Zach uh, Wilson's a turnover machine. He'll give you the really. ball twice. Yeah, no, I think if Zach Wilson were starting, you actually had a you had a better chance of winning that game than you do with Joe Flacco. Uh, this is the WEI Producer Show brought to you by our friends at uh, Unified Office, the revenue-producing restaurant phone technology. We'll get to the text line, which is blowing up about uh, the politics that I started the show. Ah, uh, Tyler, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a liberal. Um... We'll get to that later because Tyler, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I, I feel like I'm pretty... Technically, dead. both of us aren't. No. We, if, if we're going to no. be... If we're we're gonna, pretty if we're down the middle. Words. So we're taking your text. No, 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 no. You're down the middle. We're, we're taking text. I'm further left. <laughs> we're taking text in the Patriots preseason dumpster fire. And uh, whether you believe that will carry over to the rest of the season. And if you have any other texts or calls, we'll take those at 617-779-7937. But right now, it is trending on the producer show. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. W-E-E-I. We are right back to the WEEI Producers Show. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. You know, I didn't have a, have a real good night tonight in any phase of the game. Um, that's obvious. Um, might have left it on the practice field on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, certainly practiced a lot better than we, than we played out there tonight. So... You know, obviously, need a lot of need to clean up a lot of things here. That just didn't didn't play well in any phase of the game. Didn't play with any kind of consistency. You know, a couple of touchdowns, call it back, turn the ball over. Didn't play good defense. Didn't play well in the kicking game. Um, you know, I obviously got to do a better job. And so, it starts with me. So we'll um, we'll get back to work this week and and um, and work on work on things we need to work on. Um, 
like I said, it's disappointing because we did things a lot better in practice against the Raiders than we did tonight. So hopefully we can regain that level of um, uh, execution and performance. And it starts with me. Tyler Devitt and John Anderson back here on the WEI Producer Show. And the content of Bill Belichick's answer right there and the tone of his answer, John, would lead you to believe that is a guy who is worried about the results of what he's seen through the first three weeks. The practices, the joint practices against two teams, and of course, everything down in Foxborough. But yet he wants us to believe the results. Don't worry about him. Worry about the process and not the result. Are you worried about the results so far? Because I am, and I think I said uh, the lock of under eight and a half is a stone cold lead pipe lock. Put your kids' college funds on it. Uh, are you worried about the results so far? Because I am. I mean, he he's also clearly worried about the results, and yes, I am too. Yeah, uh, you, may, you may, have to be. Like like that cut doesn't tell you that he is, but he is. You're, he sounds somber. As you're, right you're, there. you're an idiot if you don't think that he's worried about. Oh, yeah. what's going on there? The Patriots starters couldn't play against the Raiders backups. Who was the guy could that not, could not perform, could not run a play? And let me uh, let me ask you this question. Was the Raiders defense starters wise last year? Was that a good unit? The In general, the Raiders defense, uh, the starters uh, outside of Max Crosby and um, uh, who was the who's the other defensive end there? Carl Nassib. No. And now they have Chandler those Jones. The, those are the only two good players. Now yeah. they have Chandler Jones. I think they traded for Rockison from the from the Colts. Who's just like an okay corner? Yeah, so let's call him an average defense who played their backups last night, and the Patriots I, I'd, ones. I'd say probably still below average, but and the Patriots ones couldn't even move the ball against them. Uh, some text the text line at three seven nine three seven. Let's see here. F you Tyler. F you Tyler. Uh, liberals, liberals, liberals. Let's go. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Yep. Uh, here's a, here's a real text. We'll actually read. Uh, man, if that was the dress rehearsal for a Miami, OMG, Tyler, WTF. An organization with six titles should never go through a rebuild like this. Still think it wasn't number 12. Think again, Tommy Boy set this club back four to five years. Uh, No, this is actual. These are growing pains that real teams have, and it happens to every team across the league. The flat-out denial that they aren't going through these growing pains and that they shouldn't be worried about them, that is the dismissive behavior by Bill Belichick that I think is kind of almost borderline disrespectful to fans in the media. Um, I do I want to throw this tweet at you, John, and see if you agree with it, because I completely can't. I love Mike Giardi, and I know he's here in town all the time covering the team, so he's, he's seen a lot more of Patriots practice than I have this offseason, but he tweeted last night during the game, Jared Stidham looks sharp, Mac Jones does not. Why? For starters, Jared Stidham is running an offense, John. He's been in for four years. Mac Jones is running an offense he's been in for four months. But when they go pre-spring install... The Patriots offense and Mac Jones look just fine. Is that a simple explanation for how good Jared did last night and how bad Mac looked, or is that an over pre-spring install? What's he saying? Is he saying like when they when the offense is physically running plays that they started running back pre in pre-spring, which Mac looked fine. To, to my, how does Mike, how does Mike know which plays are from which? Yeah, to my layman's understanding is fo- these football plays like are not recreating the wheel. It's just the terminology and how you're kind of for- getting into these formations is what's new about it and what's kind of confusing. I think the more confusing thing, or not the more confusing, the more concerning thing, John, is the personnel. The personnel is not good enough. The skill guys are not good enough. The, the running backs are fine, but the running backs are can only be good enough as your offensive line, which is a disaster right now. The whole thing goes with the offensive line. Everything. And it, it, people overrate it, uh, you know, especially like on this station, sports radio in general, like offensive, unless you're Gresh, offensive line is not a thing that is generally discussed. 
typically because often, you know, the, the the powers that be within the industry have sort of said offensive line, like who cares about that? That's not interesting. That's not going to get a clicker of you. But uh, really, like you, you go and uh, you go and you look at overhyped teams and the reason why they fail usually is because they have a trash offensive line. I remember the Browns going into the second year of Baker. It's like, oh, they have all these, you know, they have Odell. They have all these. The offensive line was horrible. It, it, that was the easiest thing to peg going into that season. That their the Patriots should have won a Super Bowl in what thirteen, but their offensive line was it, atrocious. It, it was fifteen, but they they also they had injuries. But same thing, like Chiefs going into that Super Bowl against the Bucks, injuries, injuries to the O line, like everything goes by the offensive line, and especially for the Patriots going into the season, if the offensive line isn't good when you're trying to roll out a new offense, I guess like Ramondre he, Stevenson hype. See you later. Whatever Mac year two probably not happening. Right, you're stalling the Jacoby, growth for all Aguilar, these Parker, nope, not going to happen. You need you need offensive line. And yet, like Robert Kraft said this offseason. You can't off roll season, Mac out every single play. You, you, you might have to. You shouldn't be rolling him out at all, but to save his life, you might have to because the offensive line's given up free rushers left and right last night, Mac stepping up, or I guess not stepping up, and, and almost moving into pressure when he shouldn't be. Uh, let's say good morning to Joe and Lowell, and he wants to uh, react to the Belichick post-game press conference last night. Good morning, Joe. Hey, guys, what's up? I mean, the only thing I can say is just wow. I mean, channeling my inner Allen Iverson practice. This is what Coach Belichick is talking about. Practice. We played really well in practice. Give me a break. Which, by the I mean, way, Joe, hold on. All, re- this year? all reports said the practices for the Patriots really weren't that good. There were some moments where they were good, but all in all, I think, like, they would probably get a below-average grade, right? Of, I thought the reports were the first day of the um, – of the practices, they played terrible. That's what I had heard. I, I'm not there. I can only take day, the word of the – yeah, better yeah. wasn't good. I mean, what's going on over there? I mean, th- if this is what we're going to do, we're going to cheer near wins. We're going to clap for an almost a great catch. We're going to cheer for a run that could have almost went well. I mean, what are we doing? I have no clue, and it, it feels like this is going to be a wasted year which I thought is kind of year one with a quarterback of, of we start a one of those, one of those draft, uh, one of those little quippy draft lines. Like when you, when you, like we want to get CJ Stroud now, like suck for Stroud. T- t- it was tank for Trevor. One of those? Tank yeah. for Trevor. Hashtag for, tank suck, for Trevor. Suck for luck. I would be, one. who's the one coming out this year? Oh, it's the, uh, the Clemson it's C- kid. It's CJ Stroud and, uh, Bryce, and Young. Bryce Young. Isn't the uh, Clemson quarterback DJ Uwe D- DJ was not good last year, so. But Mel Kuyper told us last year he'll be the number one pick no matter what. It's like we're gonna resort, we're gonna ignore results too in the in college Might not football. Even be a first round pick. We're ignoring uh, results in college football. Um, can we get to some of these answers from Mac Jones last night, John? I heard these last night when I was driving, and um, I was driving home from Fenway Park after being at the the Rays game last night. And there was some bizarre. You made it home. You didn't drive off the road. Uh, made it home last night. Uh, n- no, uh, no ice cold beverage. Good thing, for me. good thing you didn't hear that Belichick answer. Oh yes, yeah. The Belichick be answer. The, the producer show. I was with with I, no one this morning. I was parked with that minutes. one. Nick LePan would be hosting. Let's second go, week in a row. Let's go to the first one on Joe Judge because this is the first question he got. So we'll play these uh, in chronological order here. Nick LePan, he was asked about Joe Judge. Of course, the media is just trying to get whatever they can out of the quarterback because it's such a weird. Uh, you're not supposed to have a collaborative play calling process. We have three people in the year of Mac Jones in year number two. He has more coaches in his year. Then he has uh, coach. Then he has years under his belt playing this game. So let's go to Joe Judge, the quarterbacks coach. Uh, here is the quarterback himself, Mac Jones, talking about him. Mac, you mentioned the coaches are are doing their best to put you guys in good position. 
how much has uh, Joe been helping you on the sidelines? It looks, looks like he's the guy you're sitting right next to on the bench in between series there. Yeah, I think um, Joe's done a good job. I think he has a unique perspective like I always talk about, and he's coached a lot of uh, football, and, and to be able to talk with him, and we're kind of finding that groove of what type of person I am. I'm competitive. Sometimes you know, we just need a little break and then talk, and then from there he's very good at explaining calmly all right, hey, what did you see? And the thing that I respect about him a lot is he understands that I'm the guy with the ball, and a lot of people can see different things, but he knows that I saw what I saw and did what I did for a certain reason, and I respect that he sees that. And a lot of coaches, that's one big thing that they can't always see is, hey, I, I really felt this on this play, and, and then he, he sees that and realizes it, and it's really good. So we just got to keep building, and he's done a great job. We're just trying to work on my fundamentals and practice, and he's done good. Um, just explaining me, like, step up in the pocket and use my legs and all that. So he's done a good job, and we're going to grow, and we're going to figure it out and uh, continue to grow and have those good conversations. So uh, Joe Judge has a, quote-unquote, unique experience or unique perspective. Uh, he doesn't push back when Mac Jones says, well, I saw this in the field, so that's why I threw that. Oh, okay, Mac, no problem. Nothing he said there was positive. Did, what, what, what do you think about Mac throwing the ball right to the defender last night? Joe Judge's fault. Joe, yeah, Joe Judge was fine with that. Has a unique perspective. Matt, yeah. Matt Patricia's play call. It's okay. his fault. Mac saw something there. Joe knows what he saw. Yeah. He's like, all right. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, that was obviously a horrible pick, but it's like, I, I just don't want I thought he had a Pats jersey on under the Raiders jersey. <laughs> That's right what he saw. Let's go to the next one. Matt, he was undercover. I'm Matty P. So that was about Joe Judge. The very next question is about the other guy in this collaborative play uh, play calling process. First, Joe Judge. This one's about Matt Patricia. And, and, and what about Matt? Matt Patricia. Yeah, well. Matty P. Uh, great coach. And great. once again, we're, we're working through everything, how to see it the same way and has a unique perspective and... Um, Can you pause I the answer real fast? One. So he has a unique perspective, and we're trying to work things out. If that's the way you start talking about, uh, which is really his boss. It's not like a you know a coworker. It's his boss. That's not really a, an endorsement as well. So that's back to back answers of not really a whole lot of positive there, John. What, what, the, what the f is going on is is my translation there yeah. from Matt. He has a unique perspective, and yeah, keep going here, uh, Nick. Um. I think that's one thing is these guys are just grinders and they've been grinding since forever it seems like and they're up there you know, two in the morning trying to get everything done and figure everything out and just grinding through it and I respect that um, and we're going to give our best as players to, to be better and just execute simple plays or the hard plays really well and put them in a good position and they've done a good job just staying positive and coaching us and understanding the group that we have so we have a good group of coaches, and we're going to come together and just knock this thing out. So, all good. Thanks, guys. See ya. That gives me no confidence that you're going to come together and work this thing out because I have grinders at at, uh, at Gillette Stadium until 2.30 in the morning, which I don't know if you heard me driving in, but I said if you are in the office, like, grading tape or breaking down tape till 2.30, 3 in the morning, grinding, aren't you, like, overcomplicating football? Uh, I, I, just, I just don't think that's like a real positive way to view. I mean, yes, a good but or supposedly, bad coach. supposedly, I heard Chris Sims say once that the page, which you know, oh, separate Chris conversation, Sims. but apparently, the so he was an offensive, um, an offensive quality control coach for the Patriots, I believe, for one season. Chris Sims doesn't know what quality in offense is, <laughs> but let's put Chris Sims aside. Yeah, we know ex, New England. I mean, come on, ex coach, just pretend it's someone. Yes. He said that apparently. On when you're breaking down tape for Bill Belichick, 
the Excel spreadsheet for every single play. Guess how many guess how many uh, items you need to fill out for one play, every single play. Fills up the whole screen, I'm sure. Very 80, detailed. 82 columns. For one play? And that was in 2012. I don't know. I don't know what's changed in the last 10 years. For one for play. one play, you had 82 things that you needed to the say like cell that happened on this play. Oh yep. my gosh, the protections, the the, the from routage. What, from what I understand, oh, wow. that's how like a lot of that's how like we we from the outside might view that as overcomplicating it. Uh, you know, they're using that. Every team, I from what I understand, does that basically. Like they are trying, they they ha- they are trying to break football down to a science. They are trying to solve football, and you they're know, trying to be smarter than everyone else. All of those basically lead those go into whatever you want, like analytics, anything like that, like little things that. Be- I mean, that's how you figure out in 2016 that Julio Jones hasn't taken a cut to the left in four months. Can I ask you a question? Um, you're a Patriots fans, and so you probably have a uh, better answer than I would on this. I don't this. know anymore. Uh, so plan A for the Patriots is this Joe Judge, Matt Patricia with Bill Belichick kind of in the background seeing these two boobs try and coach up uh, Mac Jones. Ooh, two boobs? Yes, two boobs. My favorite. Um, so when uh, so when Mac Jones is getting coached by the uh, aforementioned two boobs and Judge and Patricia, and that's plan A. Two boobs could probably coach Mac better than Patricia. I'm terrified my saggy boobs are going (laughs) to suffocate me in my sleep. So Judge and Patricia are coaching up Mac Jones as plan A. I think everyone on planet Earth, John, would, and you would probably agree to this, everyone on planet Earth would believe plan B, which is rarely better than plan A. Plan B is Matt Matt and Joe Judge kind of taking a step back and going back to being offensive and quarterback coach only, Mm -hmm. and Bill Belichick stepping in and calling plays. Why is that not plan A? Why are we not doing that now? Why was no like what happened to Nick Cayley? Nick Cayley was he still with us. He's still on the no. He's, he's still, still the with team, us. Okay, but like has has no involvement in like he Josh McDaniels tried to hire him and Bill Belichick blocked it to keep him as the tight ends coach. I guess so we can run end sweeps for Johnny Smith in the playoffs. Uh, apparently, I, I, it makes no. I mean, obviously Nick Cayley didn't call that play, but like we're not even utilizing our tight ends correctly, but well, like, we're blocking our tight ends coach. Nick Cayley's been on the staff for a while, and like th- there's a history elsewhere of tight ends coaches who are on the staff for a while eventually getting some sort of uh, some sort of promotion and actually, like, uh, apparently tight ends coaches just sit there and study modern offense and, like, the best way to really Arthur Smith and the – I won't bring up Dan Campbell. I doubt he was studying modern offense. But <laughs> no. <laughs> basically, there's one example, and it's Arthur Smith. And I'm pretty but, sure Nick Haley is a John Carroll guy. Like, uh, that's, that's the tree that uh, yeah, McDaniels came from, Casario came from, so Belichick picks from that tree. Like, he's he very has to know more about offense than Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. He has to because he's been coaching offense offensive positions his entire life. Yeah. And Matt Patricia is now coaching two jobs, offensive line and offensive coordinator. It feels like it wasn't even, he's it never feels done like it was not even it was not even given a chance. It feels like Belichick's trying to it's an old saying, what is it, the square peg in a round hole, but like yeah. he's trying to flex like how big his football brain is and with everyone telling him you can't do this, he's like being yeah. so stubborn, like, oh, tch, you don't think I can do this? I can do this. Like the, I'm Bill Freaking it's the, Belichick. It's the scene from uh, what is it, Apollo thirteen, when they're like, we need to take, you need to take this and fit it in this using <laughs> this, and it's just a square, it's a circle, and then it's the Patriots offense. Uh, this is the WEI producers show. Uh, Chris Shyam and Ryan Garvin will be back next week. John Anderson with me, Tyler Devitt here for the final segment coming up next. Uh, which, by the way, the producer show is brought to you by Unified Office and the revenue producing restaurant phone technology. Uh, John's going to tell me everything I need to know about the Boston Bruins and the new head coach, uh, John uh, John Montgomery, Jim Montgomery, who spilled the beans about the Bruins' top six. We'll get to that next. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, we're right back to it. The WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Uh, we are back on the WEI Producer Show, and if you're freaking out about the Patriots, don't worry because your Boston Celtics uh, preseason opener is like a month and like five days away. Really? The NBA season is back soon, which means also the return of hockey. Hockey and NBA, pretty their seasons pretty much coincide. Like, when's the Bruins season open? It's coming up here, what, in a month and a half? I a think, little bit after? I, well, the, the preseason is in uh, the beginning of October. Okay. Because there's a couple Saturday nights in a row that they're playing. I think like the Flyers and the Devils at... Uh, TD Garden for like th- 30 bucks for nosebleeds. So oh, probably, hell yeah. Probably mess around and go to that. Oh, hell yeah. Preseason watch, hockey? Watch the kids a little. How is preseason hockey compared to like preseason football, which sucks after like a quarter? Preseason basketball is not bad till the second half and then like everyone leaves. I mean, if you're into if, if you're into prospect pipelines and such, then like it's cool to go and see like the, yep. you know, the, some of the players that you'll see uh, playing for the Bruins this preseason who actually like might be tr- might have a chance of playing a little at the beginning of the season too. Yes. So it'll be interesting to like see how some of them play your Lysels, your Beechers, your Jacob Lockos. Uh, a, a lot of those guys are, are will be on the ice for those games, and they could actually be on the ice for the Bruins in the season. While you know, with all the injuries at the beginning of the year, so uh, it's as far as far as intensity goes. I mean, it's low. It's pretty low intensity if it's not games with the you know. Yeah. The, there will be a game that the Bruins play probably most of the starters, but you know they're just out there. The dress t- rehearsal. They're, they're going to tune up in. The dress for it's not like Yeah, it's not like they're not trying. Yeah, but they're you know. You, uh, I know you're obviously a big Bruins fan, but you, you like stay super in touch with like the prospects, like how Fabian Lysel's doing, Beecher, like these guys in the off season. We're still playing. Obviously. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the off season. Oh, yes. to follow, especially with like a, a player like Lysel. But like you know, the World Juniors were last week, and the Bruins had like three prospects playing, and it's you know yeah. it's cool to just watch them play. You know, they're they're all playing for their countries and everything, but also like. These are players, and especially when you you know with the Bruins roster and the shape it's in, it's like these might be the players that you're watching within the next two or three years. So yeah, so it's know. not the Bergeron, it's not the Krejci future, which is the one and done. And right. th- those are those storylines are kind of now over and done with in the offseason. We know they're here for now, here in 2022. But you're pretty excited about uh, Fabian Lysel, aren't you? Yeah, and and that's why the beginning of the season is so interesting for the Bruins, and that's why when we when we had Jim Montgomery on for the uh, Jimmy Fund on Tuesday of this week, I believe it was really interesting for him to kind of lay out what the top six is going to be to start the year. And he said he basically said like, uh, you know, I liked I you know I Krejci and Pasta will start together. I liked Taylor Hall with Krejci. Uh, Zaka will probably play with Bergeron. I liked DeBrusque with Bergeron. So like that appears to be the top six. You know, arrange it however you want. But he also did note if Fabian Lysel comes in and lights it up at camp, I'm putting him at I'm putting him on the varsity squad and he's playing with Bergeron. Like he's not he's not going to put him there and make him play with Charlie Coyle or Tomas Nosek. No, he's like this is this, like this kid projects as a top six NHL forward. So if you're going to play him at the NHL level, you have to stick him with a top with a top six center. I don't have any real original thoughts. <laughs> so when I heard that in his original intro press conference, I'm like, that's going to be used for a long time yes. against him, which is a little out of context because he's like, yeah, I've had a lot of great mentors in my life, so I pick and choose these like great like words of wisdom or advices or like methods of coaching. But from, every loss, we will play that. Yeah. 
Correct. Yeah, every loss. Well, <laughs> they'll take that out of context. That'll be on a shirt when the Bruins blow up this year and they're out of the playoffs. Which is that is that actually a crazy thing to say that they could miss the playoffs this no, year? No, they'll, 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 they'll make the 100% playoffs. playoff lock. I think if Krejci didn't come back, they still make the playoffs. You think David Krejci's the swing factor for making the playoffs and not? No, no, no. I said if David Krejci didn't come back, they still make the playoffs. Oh, they still make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no. I've uh, Yeah, it, you know, the second Bergeron re-signs, they're making the playoffs, but... I know it is. It is a lot of like the be that's why the beginning of the year is so interesting to me because uh, it'll be it's kind of a you have Bergeron and Krejci, but then like some of the other guys that will be mixing in are might be the guys that are playing next season because or, or two seasons from now because you just you know Bergeron and Krejci only only committed for one season and if the, you know if they're one and done in the playoffs then the, I don't think they're going to come back again for another year and put their bodies through what they have to in order to in order to be one and done again or to just play with more kids which I don't know it might it that like I find I find the beginning of the year interesting too because it's like if any of these kids pop then come time for for Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick to come off uh come off long-term IR and they have to they have to make cap decisions. It's going to be like all right, like you know, the easy answer is like trade Craig Smith, trade or uh, you know, wave Nick Foligno, um, trade Mike Riley, something Foligno, like that. Foligno's salary is massive, like three point eight for a guy who did nothing. If, if they buy him year. out, they get one point nine off the cap. But like the Jacobs don't believe in buying out players except for David Backus. Apparently, what does that even so. out to like one point five million dollars a point last year? Oh, uh. oh. Yeah, that's bad. I know that's, that's bad. bad. I'm a very, very fringe hockey fan, and I know that's bad. But if any of these, any if, the, if any of these kids pop, like that's what they're gonna have to do to get under the salary cap anyway. And then it's like, all right, at that point, like you don't, you don't really want Fabian Lysel playing third line wing next to Charlie Coyle when everyone's healthy. But you also don't want Jake DeBrusque playing third line wing on the other side and, and, and to make room for Lysel up top. So. I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see how they sort of shuffle the deck if any of the kids sort of hit. But they're going to have to anyway because they, they have to get cap compliant. So. I was kind of disappointed that you guys didn't get uh, Jeremy Swayman on the show. I saw him walking around the uh, at Fenway for the Jimmy Fun stuff. I think he stopped at Nesson, came in uh, like, like one thirty, like on the last yeah, day. I think, so I think, I, think really had, like, I think we had a chance to get Swayman, but yeah, then it didn't. We were, I thought we just had Matt Grizz. Like that didn't. Excuse me, that didn't happen either. Are you uh, are you excited about the year two of Jeremy Swayman with uh, Lane is backing him up? Yeah, I mean that that that's sort of like kind of the X factor too, because it's like no matter what happens up front, no matter what happens with McAvoy uh, on the on the back end, and you know sort of the other players filling in there, if Swayman takes a step, then it almost will offset all of that. And then by the time by the time the uh, Marshan McAvoy Grizzly come back, and you're as long as they just tread water until then, if they just get like decent goalie play and like good like you know they have good defensemen aside from Charlie McAvoy. And maybe, maybe you know, beginning of the season when there's maybe a little less scoring, maybe that will maybe that will play to their favor. But if Swayman takes a step, it's like going. It's like the Chargers going seamlessly from like Rivers to Herbert. It's like yeah. if they just go straight from like Thomas to Tuca. Sorry, excuse me, Raycroft to Thomas to Tuca to to Swayman, and you just still don't have to worry about goalie. That's like the that's like the best thing to see because you see so many teams every year that are like such good teams and they just can't find a goalie. Like the when was the last time the Maple Leafs had a goalie like Freddie Anderson. Yeah, if that, if you even count that, or was that also Ray Croft? Well, doesn't that also play into why Cujo. they always choke every year because they don't have an established like yeah. a true. It's like so, commodity. And, then, and then you just happen to like trip over one in the fourth round of the draft. One you, year. Me- you mentioned the Bruins uh, scoring. Wasn't it like a month or two last year during the season where they could only score on power? Or no, I'm sorry, the power play. No, was they, oh yeah, broke. they went like oh for sixty four, I think. And then the when season. I believe when Pasta had an injury, they couldn't score at all. 
So yeah, if you, he had like if, a core injury. Too. So if you lose Pasta at all, which obviously he's your he's your best goal scorer, you lose him. Groundbreaking point here: your offense takes a hit. But if you lose him early on, you also don't have Bergeron, and you don't have Marchand as well. So it's like no Bergeron's there. D- didn't he have a surgery? Yeah, he got he got the arm thing done. But, but he, that was he'll, he'll be back in fine. time. Yeah, no, he's fine okay. for the season. Okay, so it's Marchand who'll be out for what? He'll be out until December. He's out till I, I I believe it's December. Okay, so yeah, so you'll have him back in December. But yeah. I, the Bruins uh, at 107 points last year. Do you think they even break 100 this year? Take that small step back. Um, it it kind of just depends the way because like last year, last year was so weird with the way that the the I, I had never seen this before. Like just the way the Eastern Conference uh, uh, shook shook out was that the, the top eight teams and the bottom eight teams. There was just such a gap between them to the point where like with three months left in the season, it was already decided who the playoff. Teams well, it was were. the first time ever that every playoff team in the Eastern Conference had 100 points. Yeah, and the yeah, so the playoff team, it's like the the top teams just like beat up on the bottom teams. So it was like a hundred points last year, maybe just didn't mean as much as it may in other years. So I, I don't know. It, I, some of those teams are on the come up though. So it, it kind of depends how the beginning of the season goes. It's like if they like they could barely break a hundred points, but that would mean they'd have to have a hell of a second half of the year. So it's not really to it's, make up it, for the it's, first. It's not half. really it's not really a big deal if they don't either. Like if they make the playoffs, you know, with the in the late eighties or nineties, and it's just because the, the top half, the front half of the season didn't go so well. And yeah, so uh, some quick text here to the text line three seven nine three seven. Tyler, uh, yes, Tyler, F-U let's liberal. go, Brandon. Ah, Tyler, you're liberal. Go, John, you're liberal. Ah. Uh, Max words just translate to we suck and my coaches suck. I agree with that translation. A little bit more aggressive than I would put it, but yeah, I, I think that Mac Jones gave no endorsements of his coaches last night. Uh, another one. Bill is ruining his legacy in my mind. May not catch Don Shula at this point, which is a real legit thing. He's like 38 wins away from Shula. That may not actually happen. He might be like five seasons away from ever catching him at this rate. Uh, another one. What uh, WTF is Bill doing down there, man? Uh, Christ's sakes. Uh, Bill's trying to do it all, which is the problem. He's trying to do everything, and by doing everything, sometimes you do nothing. Because, John, what is the saying? When you have two quarterbacks, you have none? Yep. When you have three offensive play callers collaborating, you really have none. That should be the new saying. Put it on a T-shirt. Uh, this has been the WEI Producer Show. John It'll Anderson. Be fun next year when they try to do the same thing. Uh, thank you, John Anderson, Sully, and Hyde Park for joining me at 812 uh, until 9 it. o'clock this morning. The Ken and Curtis Show is next. Uh, Chris Scheim, Ryan Garvin uh, come back next week. If you're just now joining us, hit the Odyssey app or WEI.com. I'm Tyler Debit with Ken and Curtis following us next on EEI. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.